Tonight, I want to speak to you on understanding the third person of the Trinity, understanding the personality traits of the Holy Spirit. If you were not here uh, Sunday morning, I strongly suggest you get that message on honoring the Holy Spirit. And then we spoke on strongholds and how the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to demolish strongholds. And last night's message, uh, also, you need to get that as well. But turn with me to Acts, the second chapter, Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 14 through 18. Acts chapter 2, verse 14 through 18. Follow along as I read. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. The third hour is 9 a.m. in the morning. 9 a.m. in the morning. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Notice that the manifestation that took place was tied to Scripture or tied to what they already heard. Verse 17, and in the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. The Holy Spirit doesn't seek to be mysterious, but he is the most mysterious of the triune Godhead. Now, we can understand when we read and learn about God the Father because we are fathers or we have fathers. When we talk about God the Son, it's easy to understand because we are sons or we have sons. However, when we begin to speak about God the Holy Spirit, it becomes very difficult for our mind to grasp because the workings of the Holy Spirit are invisible. They are glorious. They are gentle. And within them, he never talks about himself. He always points you to Jesus. And the reason he does that is he understands the main reason he was sent to earth. He was sent here to help us glorify Christ, to help us to see Jesus more, to teach us how to understand who Jesus really is, to be our mighty divine helper, as we talked about last night. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He's here to nourish you, to feed you, to maintain you to keep you and take you to heaven, and to lead us to the love of Jesus with a deeper heart of commitment. A great understanding or typology of the Holy Spirit and how he functions is found in Genesis chapter 24. When Abraham sent his eldest servant, Eleazar, to find a bride for his son, Isaac. Eleazar's name means mighty divine helper. And he was sent from Abraham the father to find a bride for his son. And the father, Abraham, loaded him down with all kinds of giftings. He sent him with the finest silks. He sent him with perfumes from India and Asia. And he went searching and looking for a bride. And the Bible says that he came to a young lady by the name of Rebekah. And he began to tell her how wonderful father Abraham's son was. His whole job and purpose was to cause a young lady to fall in love with someone she's never seen. To be so wonderful and so awesome and explain him so well that she would fall in love with someone. And he used every gift and she received the gifts. But can you imagine if Rebecca had received the gifts and she told him, thank you for choosing me, thank you for loving me, but I like where I am living right now. I like my present place. 
Because once she received the gifts, then Eleazar said, it's time to go and meet my father's son. But suppose she said, well, I I like the gifts, but I'm going to stay right here. And this is what we do with the Holy Spirit. He comes and we want the healing and we want the giftings and we want all the things that he has for us. But then he says, now it's time for you to be committed to the son. And we say, well, wait a second now. I I like the way I'm living. I I really enjoy the way I'm living right now. And everything he does is to point you to Jesus. So you need to understand there are personality traits of the Holy Spirit. So when we read the Bible and we come across these symbols of the Holy Spirit in God's word, we need to stop and take notice of them because they become essential to gaining an understanding of what walking in the Spirit is really all about. As a child, I often heard people say, Holy Spirit, send the rain. How many have heard that? Holy Spirit, send the rain. In fact, there's a very popular song. Let it rain, let it fall from heaven. We need it, we need it, we need your rain. I was preaching in a, in a men's conference, and thousands of men were singing, let it rain, let it rain, and the thought occurred to me, I wonder how many of these men really know what they are asking for when they say let it rain. When we talk about the Holy Spirit as rain, the purpose isn't to think, well, the Holy Spirit's like rain. No, the purpose is to get wet to be saturated with his presence, to just say, Lord, let your presence or your personality just fall on me to allow him to shower you with his presence. Understand, the Spirit of God wants to manifest himself to you. The Lord desires to move in our physical realm on our daily lives. He's a personal God who is very familiar with our weaknesses, our struggles, our infirmities, And just as the Holy Spirit briefly manifested himself on Jesus as a dove when Jesus was being baptized, he wants to manifest himself in you and on you in a daily basis. He wants to flood his life into ours that we might then overflow to others. And if you want to be an overflow of God's love to others, somebody give me a resounding amen. So walking in the Spirit is allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way. And say, Lord, just send the rain of your presence into my life. Let your personality, Lord, let let the rain of your presence just saturate me. The Holy Spirit comes and manifests as rain. Because rain has a dual implication. When the rain falls, it brings with it a refreshing. Where there's been dryness and barrenness, the Holy Spirit comes and brings a much-needed refreshing. And you read about that in Joel chapter 2, verse 23 through 29. Second, the rain comes and he brings a restoration. Where there's been a loss in your life, the Spirit comes in the form of rain and he restores your life. The pouring out that Peter refers to at Pentecost in Acts 2.17 is not an abstract use of the word. It has to do with the latter rain that brought about the hastening or the rush of the harvest. And the Lord is saying that he's going to send the rain of his Spirit to his people to bring a refreshing and a restoration. Needing to be refreshed does not mean that you have backslid or that you have sinned. It simply means in the heat of the battle, you've grown tired. You've grown weary. It simply means that, Lord, I need a fresh infusion of your strength. I need a refreshing and a restoration. By an upraised hand, how many know what it is to have to need a refreshing and a restoration? And so many times... 
I need that refreshing and restoration. I often say, if I had a dollar for every time I needed that refreshing and a restoration, I would be a multimillionaire. And usually it's after times like this where I've been giving out and pouring out and I'm in the airport somewhere. It's usually when I'm in purgatory and I'm trying to get through purgatory. You say, well, wait a second. Uh-uh. Uh, we, don't, <laughs> we don't believe in purgatory. No, there is a purgatory. It's called the Kennedy Airport. <laughs> JFK, I'll be there Thursday. It's the holding place. And I'm sitting there and I'm tired. I'm physically spent. I haven't seen Carlene. Can't wait to get home and I'll just, <sighs> it's in those times I've learned to go over to the window and look out on the tarmac and the runway, and I'll just lift my hands. And some might say, well, Randy, that's kind of weird to do in the airport. To you, I say, it's obvious you haven't seen the weird people in the airport. <laughs> and I'll just say, Lord, would you send the rain of your presence? I don't have to shout. I don't have to make a scene. Lord, just send the rain of your presence. Let it cascade down upon me. I'm willing to receive a refreshing and a restoration. And it's amazing the moment that you begin to surrender and ask the Holy Spirit to move into your life in a very real way. He's always there to refresh. He's always there to restore. And I'll just say, Lord, I just, I just need you to give me strength. By an upraised hand, how many say, that's what I need tonight, a refreshing and a restoration? So that is what is meant when it says the Holy Spirit manifests as rain. The rain of his presence brings a restoration. It brings a rejuvenation. It brings a healing. Second, the Holy Spirit comes as rivers. Rivers are channels or conduits to places where the refreshing of water is needed. And John pinpoints that the work of the Spirit as rivers of living water was to become available after Jesus' ascension, John 7, 37 through 39. After Jesus' ascension. Whenever I think of rivers of living water, I think of Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is an amazing teaching where every year the Jewish people would go out into the wilderness and they would thank God for bringing water from the rock. It has often been said that it would take 11 million gallons of water to keep the children of Israel off of dehydration every day as they traveled in the wilderness. Can you imagine? 11 million gallons of water. And God didn't do it for one day. God did it for 14,600 days. That's how long 40 years turns out to be. And you come in tonight with a thimble full of faith and you're wondering, God, can you do something in my life? Holy Spirit, can you heal me? And God supplied their need for 14,600 days. That's mind-blowing. And the Bible says that Jesus is out in the wilderness at the Feast of Tabernacles, and they're thanking God for the water that came out of the rock for Moses and the children of Israel. Standing in their midst is the rock that the builders would soon reject. And Jesus is standing there, and the Bible says he cries out. The Latin version actually is that he screamed out. And he said, he that believeth in me, out of his innermost belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
And of course, he's making reference to what would take place 50 days after the resurrection, 50 being Pentecost or Penta, 50 in the upper room when the Holy Spirit was given to the church. Rivers of living water. I want you to say that with me. Rivers of living water. Whenever I speak on rivers of living water, I'm also reminded of a church that I was invited to several years ago now, and a very, very large church, and they said, Randy, you've got 22.5 minutes to preach. I said, wow, 22.5. Why .5? And they said, well, at the .5 mark, all of the screens are going to come down across all our campuses, and a mirror ball is going to come down from the ceiling. And fog is going to roll out. And all the screens are going to show Jesus riding down the Via Della Rosa. It's at that point we want you to ask people if they want to accept Christ because everyone will be ready. I said, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, you guys got it down. This is the kind of church where literally you could plug your USB cable into the front seat and get all the sermons for the next year. They had two Starbucks in the lobby. They had a pool table in the men's bathroom. Yeah, they really did. Over all the urinals, each urinal, they had a little TV, and it played ESPN1, ESPN2, and ESPN3. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was a man cave. I don't know how anybody, any, any of those men even went to service, because I'd get my coffee, you get a scone, and go sit in the bathroom. You don't have to leave. And so this church really had it together. And I was doing my best to stay at 22.5. But if you have been here and heard me, you know that's not happening. Now, sitting in the center section was a group from Teen Challenge. They didn't attend the church, but they had heard I was there, and so they decided to come out. And it was about five rows of men from TC. Anybody know Teen Challenge? Yeah. Sitting in the other section was a group of college kids, and I tell you, they, they were just enjoying God, and they were laughing and having a great time, and, and the music in this church was amazing. They had a guy playing guitar. He had a long, skinny stovetop hat like Abraham Lincoln. He had a long beard, and he was just, just rocking out, and they were singing, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of He calls me friend, and they're clapping their hands, and they're just going for it, and I'm thinking, wow, this is pretty amazing, and and I was doing the best I could to stay at 22.5. I really was. But I got to the point where I said to you what I just said. Jesus said, he that believeth in me, out of his innermost belly shall flow rivers of living water. The moment I said that, a young man over in the section with the college kids, he stands up and he manifested a demon. Exactly. And I thought to myself, uh, they don't teach you this in Bible college. And he started to put on a show, and he's manifesting this demon. I look over at the front row, and all those pastors on that front row who are so cute. They're almost as cute as Pastor Steve, but not really that cute. But they got their little skinny jeans on. They got, you know, their little hair faded. You know, they had their little, uh, all, all the perfect hair stuff on their face, kind of like the brother on the front row here, and, and, and they got their gold chain. I mean, and suddenly now, I looked over at them, and their face just dropped, and they're looking at me, and now I've got a problem. 
The problem is, either I go down and explain to these pastors what is going on, or I go over here and deal with this situation. Remember, we're talking about rivers of living water. Well, God took over because I didn't have to do anything because two counselors from Teen Challenge stood up, two Hispanic kids. They were all tatted up, you know, and they got up, and they said, Orela, we got this, bro. No problem, man. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I watched them walk over there, and I don't believe they meant to knock him over, but they reached for him, and they all went to the ground. And I couldn't see them because it was dark in the sanctuary, but I could hear them. And they were crying out. Ayúdame, mi señor. And they're crying out. Help me, Lord. Help me. And the place is dead silent. And I'm watching these pastors, and they're staring at me. <laughs> Rivers of living water. All of a sudden, the young man stands up. He throws his hands in the air, and he cries out at the top of his lungs, Jesus, I love you. You set me free. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to watch water run down a dry river gulch. But that's the image I've got when hundreds upon hundreds of people stood and ran to the altar. I didn't have to give an altar call. The rain of his presence started to fall. I'm going to ask you that when the rain of his presence falls, don't throw your theological umbrella up and cross your arms. But just say, Lord, I just want to be wet with your presence. And as the rain began to fall and the rivers began to rise, people started running to the altars. And now they're laying all over and they weren't ready for that. And I kind of got a kick out of it because I looked at the little clock in the back at the 22.5 mark. The mirror ball came down. All the screens filled up. The IT department had it going on. And there was people everywhere, and we didn't have any altar workers. So I turned to Teen Challenge, and I said, come on, guys, come help me. And the least likely in the room began to operate with rivers of living water. Because the Holy Spirit is my helper. Would you say that with me? The Holy Spirit is my helper. I looked over to the side, and that pastor was standing there, and he had two couples around him, and he disappeared down the aisle, and the youth pastor came up. Now, this youth pastor was so amazing. Uh, he had his head shaved on both sides. It was, he had a mohawk, and it, it was colored like three or four different colors. It looked like the NBC peacock had landed on his head. And he's just, Brother Randy, Brother Randy, Brother Randy. I said, yeah. He said, uh, Pastor wants me to come and ask you if you'll stay tonight. Well, we don't have Sunday night service. We do now. <laughs> Rivers of living water. The rain comes to bring a refreshing and a restoration. Rivers come that you'll be a channel and a conduit to God's blessing. Because on a practical level, the Lord wants people to get in touch with who he really is. And that will take millions of God's children, God's people, who will ask the Holy Spirit to send the rain in their life. And as the rain falls in your life, during the difficult times, during the hard times, you let the river of living water be awakened in you and it gushes out of your life. 
into the dry places of your family, your job, your schools, and suddenly you begin to carry fresh water, living water to the places that are dry. Jesus told a woman at the well in Samaria, he said, if you drink of this water, you shall thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I shall give, you shall never thirst. Her answer was amazing. Then, sir, please give me some of that water that I might never have to draw water again. In other words, Lord, I want to have that eternal spring in me. So the Holy Spirit says, I want to not only send my rain to bring you a refreshing and a restoration, but after you get that refreshing and restoration, I want the river to rise in you that you can carry it to dry places and hurting people. If you want that, somebody say amen. amen. Third, the Holy Spirit comes as wind. The Spirit of the Lord coming as wind depicts his power and his guidance. When Jesus tells Nicodemus about the new birth experience in John 3 and 8, he tells him that it's not like a tangible birth where you can see the baby is born and check the clock for the time of its arrival. Rather, the work of the Spirit breathes into a life, and something transpires that cannot be duplicated, but it does, can be recognized. There's a dynamism or explosion, but also the gentleness like the wisp of a breeze. And you can't necessarily see where it came from or where it goes, but all of us can attest to times when God came and dealt with you and you knew with, without a shadow of a doubt that no one else knew that but God. No one else knew that but God. No human being could have possibly understood what just happened. In fact, many of you have stopped me in the lobby and you told me from the services that we've already had that God has touched you in such a powerful way and there's no possible way no one could have done it but Jesus. At Pentecost, in Pentecost, Acts 2 and 3, it wasn't a wind that blew in. It was the sound of a rushing wind like a hurricane. That sound depicted God's power and his guidance. That sound, not the sound of people speaking in tongues is what drew the crowd. It was the sound of power. It was sound of an overwhelming force. Several years ago, I live in Springfield, Missouri, and several years ago, Joplin, Missouri, had an F6 tornado. Winds of 225 miles an hour. Joplin is about 70 miles west of Springfield. The winds hit the hospital there in Joplin, completely leveling it, and it blew papers 70 miles east. There were papers in our yard from that hospital. The stories of people were amazing. One man said, I was putting gas in my truck at the gas station, and all of a sudden I heard a sound. It sounded like a freight train in the sky. He said, and I looked up. There was a woman that said she was out in the yard with her children, and the same expression came. It sounded like a freight train. The moment I heard that on the news, every hair on my neck stood as the Holy Spirit whispered. That was the sound they heard on the day of Pentecost. The sound of power that drew their attention to look up. See, we get all caught up in this giftings of tongues, and we think that's what drew. No, it was the sound of power, the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Why, Pastor? Because the Holy Spirit, as sovereign God, is dynamic. He is irresistible. He's unstoppable. 
So we must pray, Holy Spirit, as we walk in the Spirit, would you not only send the rain of your presence, would you not only allow that rain to turn to rivers of living water, but would you then send the sovereign, dynamic, irresistible, unstoppable wind of your Spirit to blow across every single one of us that we might have the power we need to fulfill the task at hand. If you believe that, I want you to clap your hands and praise it. Yeah. So say with me, Holy Spirit, send the wind to blow across every one of us. Send the wind. Fourth, the Holy Spirit comes as oil. The anointing oil of Scripture is directly related to the Holy Spirit's work in our life, 2 Corinthians 1.21. And the Holy Spirit's anointing makes us sensitive. I want you to say with me, the Holy Spirit and his anointing makes us sensitive. You say, well, what are we sensitive to? The Holy Spirit and his anointing will make a husband sensitive to the needs of his wife. You need the anointing. You say, well, what is the anointing? The word anoint simply means to rub off or to to rub on. So what you are saying is when something is anointed, what you are saying is the same power that invaded the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and raised to life again the three-day dead body of the Lamb of God, the personality of the Holy Spirit that is in you came up from within you, rested upon you, and I didn't see you, I saw him. See, that is why when we lay hands on you, some of you, your knees buckle or you say, wow, I just felt such an awesome power. and presence." It has nothing to do with Pastor Randy, has nothing to do with Pastor Steve, has everything to do with the anointing. The Holy Spirit anointing. And it's that oil of anointing that makes you sensitive. 1 John 2 and 20 tells us that. And how many times have you sensed something was wrong or something was right, but you didn't know why or how you knew? And the Spirit of God, by his anointing and presence, confirms that he is the Spirit of truth, of holiness, and of wisdom. Obeying the Spirit means that he will give us wisdom when we need it in the practicals of everyday life. If you were here last night, you heard me say, he is your helper. He wants to give you inside information. Somebody shout inside information. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said shout it. Inside information. Inside information comes when you come to know the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. It is that oil of the anointing. And all the primary offices of Scripture, prophets, priests, and kings, all involve the anointing. And all of those offices, every one of us in this room watching by faith and live stream, all of us are called to those offices. You say, well, wait a second. I'm not called to be a prophet. I'm not called to be a priest or a king. Yes, you are. But you've seen the abuses of those offices, and so now you don't understand them. As a prophet, we are called to speak the word of the Lord. All based in Scripture. And I told you last night, it blows my mind how so many people, you know, they they have all this information on how you should live your life or I should live my life, but for them, they have nothing. I had this one lady come to me. She said, oh, I got a a word for you. I said, oh, I got a word for you too. 
She goes, well, you go first. I said, okay. And so she got a little tape recorder out of her purse, you know, and she was, she was ready. And I said, okay, here's the word. She, I said, are you ready? She said, yes. I said, the word is pray. Oh, yeah, 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 we're going to pray. Uh, submit to your husband. Who? Get involved in ministry in your own church. Click. She put that thing away and walked away. Don't want to hear that. Always want to get a fresh word, a fresh word. We're called to speak the word of the Lord all based on Scripture. Listen, prophecy or prophetic words are nothing more than a confirmation of what the Spirit of the Lord or the Holy Spirit has already told you through the written word and in your prayer life. And you just say, okay, that's, that's a confirmation. In other words, there are times when the Holy Spirit will give you words of comfort, of exhortation, or sensitive counsel to say to other people. Have you ever been in a situation, possibly where somebody went to be with the Lord, or somebody was in a crisis, and you needed, you needed to be there, and you had nothing? Many years ago, I got a call from a young lady. She wanted me to come to the hospital because her and her husband were at uh, Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri. They were there, and, and they had a child, and the child was born premature. And she said, where are you, Pastor? And I said, well, I just landed, uh, but I can come. And, and so I went to the hospital. And the whole way there, I'm thinking, Lord, I need word of comfort. I need a word of exhortation. I need words of sensitive counsel. And I had nothing. Has anybody else ever been in a situation like that? I said, Lord, I've got nothing. So I drove over there, and I got in the elevator, and as I went up to the neonatal unit, and the door is open, she's waiting right there. She's got a little IV, and she's pushing that, and she's holding that, you know, the gown. It's so wonderful. She's kind of like the... And the first words out of her mouth are this. It's not fair. I know. It's not fair. Have you ever said it's not fair? She said, Randy, we are up to our eyeballs in debt because we're in Bible college. And then she reminded me of her pedigree. My grandfather is a pastor. My father is a pastor. And she started going down the list. My husband and I, we want to go into the ministry. We are good people. Why us? Why did this happen to us? And I'm standing there saying, Lord, I need a word of comfort, a word of exhortation. I need a word of sensitive counsel. And absolutely nothing. Nothing. I said, where's your husband? She said, he's back in the room. We went back there, and there was a little tiny incubator there, and this young man was called of God, was leaning over the incubator, and you could see the tears pooling on top. And this tiny little guy, with the IV in his head and his foot. And she's mad. Can I tell you it's okay to be mad and not sin? You say, well, wait, wait a second, wait. How can I be mad and not sin? The moment that you get to the point 
that you start getting bitter, that's when the sin starts setting in. But it's okay to say, Lord, I don't understand. Because that's when you need the oil of the Holy Spirit. And I'm standing there, and in my spirit I'm praying, and I'm saying, Lord, I need a word of comfort, of exhortation, of sensitive counsel. I need to operate in the office of the prophet right now. It needs to line up with God's word. Lord, I need something. And I'm looking for this amazing homiletic, hermeneutic in the Greek discourse from God. And the Holy Spirit whispered, have her invite me into her human experience. That's it. And I ignored it because I was looking for this grandiose thing. And I kept saying, but Lord, I need something. Have her invite me into her human experience. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But, but I need something. Have her invite me into her human experience. <sighs> I looked over at her. She looked at me and she said, I don't understand. And I said, I know. I know it's not fair. Here's what I want you to do. She said, what's that? I said, I want you to invite Jesus into your human experience. She said, I can't do it. It's just not fair. Her husband said, yes, we can. He didn't yell he just said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That one word spoke volumes throughout eternity. The name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. There's eternal life in the name of Jesus. There's royalty in the name of Jesus. There may come a time in your life you cannot articulate because of the earthquake that's hit your emotions. And all you can squeeze out is Jesus. And the oil of the Holy Spirit begins to move. That healing balm of Gilead begins to flow. And he began to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In fact, all over the room, I want you softly to begin to say that name. The name that is above every name. At the mention of that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, according to the glory of God the Father. And I promise you, the very moment you begin to say that name, the oil of the Holy Spirit will begin to flow in this room. The rain of his presence, rivers of living water, the wind of the power of the Spirit, the same wind that blew across the dry bones and they began to rattle together and suddenly there was sinew and flesh and they rose up together. Just somebody began to whisper the powerful name of Jesus. If you're watching me right now on live stream and you're hurting and you're lost, and I know you're watching, I want you right now in the name of Jesus to welcome Jesus into your human experience, to welcome the Holy Spirit and just welcome him into your presence. Welcome him into your home. Somebody just welcome him right now. Right now. 
And I've got a friend watching via live stream. Don't stop. Don't stop. I've got a friend by the name of Anford Buckland. I pray right now that you would welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit of God into your home right now and just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. For the next 30 seconds all over this room, would you just lift your hands? Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you. Lord, wherever hand is right now, I pray. In the name of Jesus, send rivers of living water. Words of comfort, of exhortation, of sensitive counsel. Oh, come on, Bethlehem, just lift your voice right now. Did you just feel the atmosphere change? Did, did, did you just, the moment we started saying that name, did you feel the atmosphere change? Jesus. 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 I want the musicians to come. Things just took another turn. That's it. Don't stop. Jesus. There's just something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass
That name. Just play softly, guys. The oil of the Spirit. As priests, the Lord wants to anoint us for worship, to renew us, so that our worship doesn't become stale, habitual, or formal. And as they begin to play that softly, when the Holy Spirit oil begins to flow in your life, your worship doesn't become stale. It's suddenly now, there's a rejuvenation of your life. There's a, a fresh touch. The dry areas begin to blossom again. And as a king, we don't just get anointed once for all. It takes a fresh anointing on a daily basis from the Holy Spirit for the dominion of his kingdom and the authority of his life to happen through us. And when it does, we can move into confidence about how to rule our homes and our businesses and how to deal with our kids and our relationships. However, God is not going to anoint us with the ability to rule when we try to manage things on our own. For the Lord also wants to anoint us tonight because there are people in this room who have a spirit of mourning. My wife and I have a family of dear friends by the name of the Furbachers. Anne's watching right now in Springfield, Missouri. Her husband, Jack, just passed away. And I sang the Our Father for their funeral. I'll be very transparent. I, I text Ann before the service. I said, Annie, I hope you're watching. And she said, oh, Randy, I really need your prayers. I really need it. A spirit of mourning. That anointing brings life and the lifting of our heads. See, a spirit of mourning not only comes when you lose a loved one like Ann lost Jack, but also the loss of a better life of opportunities. When the enemy comes along and creates a train of thought and the enemy begins to tell you, you're not going to get a better job. You're not going to get a husband. You're not going to get a wife. Your family will never be saved. Your family will never know Christ. You'll never get past this situation or that situation. You're never coming out of this valley. And the spirit of mourning can set upon you from the powers of darkness and hell. That's a lie from the pits of hell. And if you don't deal with that spirit of mourning, it'll take you into depression. And the Bible never talks about depression. But it does say put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness to lift up your voice. Sunday night, I taught you on strongholds, and I told you strongholds are real. They are distinct barricades against your future. They're lies from the pits of hell that a lie sits in your mind, and the longer you allow it to sit there, if you let it sit there long enough, it becomes a stronghold in your life, and you have to tear it down. How do I do it, Pastor? By the oil of anointing. That anointing brings a lifting of our heads with a refreshing of seeing beyond today, not with a superficial optimism, but with a deep abiding of hope that I'm going to get through this thing, that God has an answer. And the Lord just stopped, my, just stopped me dead in my tracks that there are people in this room that you're in mourning, not just for the loss of a loved one, but the loss of a vision the loss of hope and if that's you 
I want you to stand right now, all over the room, right now, right now, right now, right now. Just all over the room. Look at this. In the balcony to the floor, people are standing. Just stand. A loss that, well, we'll never have a better life. My kids will never be saved. I've almost lost that. I I don't think God's going to do it. If that's you, just begin right now just to stand all over the room. And I want you to lift your hands towards heaven. And Anne, if you're watching still, I want you right where you are in your house just to lift your hands and say, Holy Spirit, I need you, and I need the oil of rejoicing. I I need you to, to pull me out of this situation. I want you to sing that. How do I deal with depression, Pastor? Put on a garment of praise. So I'm going to ask you right now for the next 30 seconds to audibly begin to say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome into my human experience. In fact, I want everyone to stand. You're welcome into my human experience. And I want you to lift your voice and explain what your human experience is. Lord, I need you in my home. I need you in my family. I need words of comfort, of exhortation, of sensitive counsel to share with loved ones. Holy Spirit, have your way. Jesus. welcome your presence in this room I ask you now to heal someone Lord I'm sensing the rain of your presence that's just beginning to fall all over this room I want you to lift your hands and lift your voice and just tell him Lord send the rain send the rain Lord Holy Spirit send the rain oh come on Bethlehem We praise you, Lord. Send the rain, Lord. Send the rain of your presence, Lord. Bring a refreshing and a restoration. Oh, that's it. Don't stop. Lord, I pray for Melanie and Jeff, Lord. I I pray the rain of God's presence in their life, Father, for Carlene and Christian and Morgan and Quentin and Ashton, Lord. Call the name of your children out by name and say, Lord, send the rain of your presence to my children. Send rivers of living water to my family, Lord. That out of the innermost belly shall flow rivers of living water, Lord. Rivers of living water. That's it. Don't stop. Don't stop. 
We praise you, Lord. Oh, I want you to audibly welcome the Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity, into this room right now. you look this way let me explain to you for those that are watching just play softly guys for those that are watching live stream and you don't have the awesome ability to be here and sense the presence of the Holy Spirit how many can just sense the presence it's, it's and I believe right now that the Holy Spirit can move across thousands of miles through live stream But I want you to glue your eyes right here because I've got to give you this last one. The Holy Spirit comes as a dove. And if you notice, the moment I asked you to welcome him into your human experience, did you notice the peace that settled in this room? Suddenly it was like, (sighs) how do I know, Pastor, that the Holy Spirit is there? When he is there, he brings a peace that passes all understanding. And suddenly you know you've broke through. And the Holy Spirit coming as a dove in gentle form, as a symbol of peace upon Jesus. What the dove did is important as well. But the Holy Spirit wants to come and rest upon you and me in the same manner. Not sweeping through the world as a tidal wave of revival. Lord, if that's your case, that'd be wonderful. But tonight, he's coming as a gentle dove to bring peace. Because many of you stood and you said, I've got that spirit uh, of mourning. I need peace. I just need the peace of God. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to welcome the Prince of Peace, where you can just go, 
peace. I speak peace to the storm in every life. Peace to the storms in their marriage, in their finances, in their homes. Peace. Peace, peace. Wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit. Spirit forever hide. You sing it in fathomless. Here Billows of love. Peace. At the count of three, we're going to make this whole auditorium an altar. We're going to begin to pray against the spirit of mourning that I believe has hit an entire generation. The loss of hope. The loss of a better day. That spirit of mourning is splitting our nation politically. And I'm gonna ask you at the count of three to turn to the person next to you and say, if you wanna go forward and begin to pray for the rain of God's presence in your life, for rivers of living water, for the wind of the spirit to energize you, and for the oil of God to bring healing, then I'll go with you so you don't have to go alone. Those of you that are dealing with a spirit of mourning, I want you to come first. And I want my altar workers to come and stand all down here right now. Right now, right now. It may be a spirit of mourning in where you've actually lost somebody like my friend Ann. And Ann, as you walk through your stages of grief, God will be with you. The Holy Spirit will be with you every step of the way. So many times, though, we bury ourselves and we hide ourselves and we put ourselves away and we don't open ourselves up to friends and loved ones that can help us walk through that grief. Don't, don't do that, friend. Allow the Holy Spirit, your helper, to come. But if you're dealing with a spirit of mourning, I want you to come right now. Just come. Whether it's a loss of a loved one or the loss of hope, the loss of a better life, whatever it is, you just come. Come quickly. Come quickly. Lord, would you pour the rain of your presence? Would you open the rivers of living water in our life? Lord, breathe your wind of life into us. Oh, yes. Can we sing that? To count of three, just turn to the person next to you. Come on, let's go pray for the rain. One, don't miss them. Two, three, just, just turn them right now. Let it breathe on me. Let it breathe on. At the count of three, you come. One, two, three, just come right now. Of God, now breathe on me. Let it breathe. Oh, 
Lord, that you would come in peace. Words of comfort, of exhortation, and sensitive counsel. That's it, just press in. Just press in. of the Lord we're just beginning to reign in this place begin to lay hands upon you for healing. Pastor Steve was already moving that way. The oil of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that they would lay hands on the sick and anoint them with oil and they would recover. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come on this oil for the healing of every person here for the healing of their emotions and their healing of their mind. Lord, for the healing of their bodies, Lord, for the casting off of every affliction, every fever, every doubt, every worry. Lord, for those that are dealing with a spirit of infirmity or those that have that feeling of mourning, the loss of life, May the joy of the Lord be restored as we begin to pray. The joy of the Lord to be their strength. That's what Nehemiah says. The joy of the Lord is my strength. 